as we were together this morning, worshipping him and being obedient to him, following his spirit, something incredible took place. I, 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 didn't, I, I had no idea what was going to happen this morning. But he, he, he's so good to us because he shows us what he wants us to know before he actually uh, speaks into it and gives us an understanding of it. But basically, what we did was follow the Spirit. And when we follow the Spirit, the Spirit is speaking first and foremost into our spirit, into your spirit, okay? That's where the Spirit is. The Spirit of God lives in your spirit. You were born again in your spirit. Your heart, so I know you've got a fleshy heart, but behind the fleshy heart is a beautiful, new, spiritual heart that pulsates with the love of God. So this is, this is a spiritual reality. You have a physical reality, but you can't actually see the spiritual reality. But there is a spiritual reality behind everything that is physical. Do you understand me? So you have a spiritual heart and a beautiful spirit that, that flows within you. As Jesus said, in your spirit will flow rivers of living water. Yeah? And as we've, as we've already spoken of, it says as a man thinks, as a man or a woman thinks in his, her heart, so she, he is. Where, 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 does, a, where does a man and woman think? In the heart. It's when you're thinking in your heart, that's what changes you. Now, have we, as we've said before, actually a lot of us think in our mind. And your mind is beautiful. It's a beautiful, beautiful creation. So please, your intellectual ability is outstanding. Your academic prowess is amazing. The gifting of your mind and what's in there is absolutely fantastic. And God gave you your mind. But you do not live from your mind. You live from your heart and your spirit. And the Holy Spirit flows into your spirit first, not second. First. And of course, we have a little problem because from when we are born, everything is about our mind. Everything. Do you know how difficult it is bringing a prophetic word to someone in the Western world. It is hugely difficult. I can send a prophetic word to the Prime Minister, which I have many times, and actually they will send a word to me from the, uh, what they call it, the Mental Assessment Centre. <laughs> really? And go, Paul, you need to see your doctor because you've lost it. Now listen to me. I can send a word, I can give a word, I can directly bring a word from God to the president of Nepal or uh, Kenya or wherever it might be. And they go, oh, thank you. I receive it. Why, why is that? It's because the Western world 
has made so much of the mind, everything is controlled by logic. If it doesn't fit my mind, if it doesn't fit this pattern, then I don't believe it, okay? But you don't believe from your mind. You believe in your heart, don't you? Now you see, now just listen to this. So, you see, some of us, even if you feel like doing a bit of this today, all right, you can do this. I, I, give, you, I give you permission. If you, if you feel like you need to stand up in your chair and just go like this, I understand you're recalibrating. Okay? Because you understand me, when David danced and whirled and twirled, he was recalibrating himself. Because, do you remember that story? I shared it about, I don't know when I shared it, but I shared it a little while ago. And David got up and he danced before the Lord. And everybody was solemnly going along. They're all wearing the vestments and the garments and they all looked the part and they were all speaking very solemn words and all the rest of it with the Ark of the Covenant following. Do you remember the story? Well, David, he had his undies on. Sorry, but he did. I don't even know if he had those on. But anyway, he had, he had something on. And it says, as he's taking the ark of the covenant, he, he began to do what? He began to dance. He began to twirl and whirl. Because you see, around him, he had all these thoughts, all these logic thoughts, all these opinions, all these statements of the mind that were creating an atmosphere. And David went, no, 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 no. If the glory of God's with me, I'm going to dance. I'm going to twirl and I'm going to recalibrate because I don't want to get caught up in all the logical, reasonable, uh, opinionated things of the world. Do you understand me? That's why David is, is so symbolic in the New Testament and it says that he's going to restore the tabernacle. Because you're the tabernacle. He was the tabernacle. He was way in front of everybody else. And he realized that if I'm going to keep free, if my mind is going to be spacious, if it's going to be glorious, if it's going to be like a honeycomb filled with beautiful drops of honey, Sam, if it's going to be like that, which is like your mind, son, if it's going to be like that, it's just globules of beautiful honey in your mind. Huh? Do you get it? Your, your mind's marinated one way or another. It's either like, you know, that beautiful cherry. It's like cherries in a cherries. You're like cherries in a jar and you just want a drink. Oh, I love cherries. I can't. What, what am I on? Anyway. <laughs> but you understand me? You're either marinated in vinegar. You're either marinated in vinegar or it's a sweet. So you've got to ask yourself, what, my, what is my mind like? What's that honeycomb like in there? Is, is it honeycomb or is it something else? Huh? But you see, in order not to become like taken up with a world's opinions, I, I know, you see, when I travel, people send me all sorts of things and it's not, that I, it's not that I don't want to listen to those things. Part of me is inquisitive about what the world says about the world. But in the end, it's the world that's talking about the world and I have to get something from God. Do you understand me? I have to hear from God, the voice of God that changes everything. It's not my voice, it's his voice. Huh? It's nothing to do with what I know about what's going on in the world. It's all to do with what he knows about what's going on. And once you get into that, you see, you can only get into it when you recalibrate, when you do a little twirl, 
when you do a little whirl. You see, because then you, what you're doing is you're going, you know what? I've decided my mind is not going to determine my path. But my heart and my spirit filled with the Holy Ghost is going to determine what I do, where I go, who I speak to, and the rest of my life. Huh? That's what you've got to do. So a little twirl, a little whirl, it's okay. Steve, if you want to do that, you can do it. Oh, there you go. I was talking to that Steve, but that Steve did it instead. There you go. Huh? <laughs> but isn't that amazing? Now, just hang with me a little bit, because we've talked about it before. But John the Baptist, John the Baptist was, he, he was great, wasn't he? Something about him. You realize that John the Baptist pulled heaven down to the earth somehow. Huh? He was a prophet like in the Old Testament way. You know, now you've got you've got a feel for John the Baptist because John the Baptist, all his forefathers were like Elijah and Elisha, and you know, they were all guys that looked at things in a particular way. And their particular way was, if you don't do what God says, you're dead. No, I don't. I don't mean it. I mean, really, that's that's how they kind of looked at everything. You're either with him or you're not, and if you're not, you're dead. That's how they looked. Honestly, I mean, you remember, uh, was it Elijah or was it Elisha who had a bad day? And he, 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 he came up against the army and he, he, he brought fire down on them. And, and 50 of them died. Do you remember this story? I can't quite remember where it is. But 50 of them died because he, he was having a bad day. And then another 50 came and he got rid of them as well. And then another 50 came... And the guy that was in charge of the 50 that came went, please, have mercy on us. We, 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 we were sent by the king. Please have mercy on us. And he did. He had mercy on them. But you understand me? That, that picture, do you remember the two disciples in the New Testament who were walking with Jesus and they were going through a town? And the town, it said, didn't receive Jesus. You remember this story? It didn't receive Jesus and they were upset. And of course, they knew the Old Testament. They knew all about the Old Testament. And they knew about the fathers, rightly so. They knew what the word said, rightly so. So when this town decided not to receive Jesus, they went, you know what, Jesus? We know we've got a bit of power and authority, so we're just going we're gonna, to we're gonna ask for fire to come down and consume this town. Do you remember what Jesus said? He said, you don't know what spirit you were of. He said, Jesus, I, Jesus, did not come to destroy or to cause anyone to perish, but I actually came to save them and to bring them into something beautiful. Now, do you understand me? There's a difference between the mind of Jesus that's flowing from his heart, because you see, if you get a heart that's flowing with love and a spirit that's flowing with love, it's like something happens. It begins to impregnate your mind with the spirit of life. And when this spirit inside your heart and your spirit begins to impregnate your mind, it's like your mind becomes a honeycomb. It's like you begin to think beautiful thoughts. Your first thought is not to hurt someone. Your first thought is to love someone. Your first thought is not how, how much they disagree with you. The first thought is, oh, God loves us. You there's, something, there's something in the mind of Jesus that's different to the mind of the disciples. 
Because Jesus was so different. Just one look. Just one look at Jesus. One long, beautiful look at Jesus and your mind can completely change. Do you understand me? He can do something that can change your mind, but you've got to want it. When you look at him, you've got to say, Jesus, I understand that my mind is not the be-all and end-all of everything that goes on in the world, that I am not the fountain of all truth, that I don't know everything, that my opinion is not the last opinion or the first opinion. But you, Jesus, you've got something that I need, and that is you. I need you for my life. Fully, completely, utterly. Now listen, so John, John the Baptist, and you know the story, we've talked about it before, and I just, I just want to, we've got to hit it home, you know, we've got to go bang, 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 you know, this is what it's like. For me, it's like this, when I'm looking at you all, I'm going bang, 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 I'm looking at your faces and the spirit's going, okay, do you understand me? That's what's happening with me. I'm not, I'm not doing this as a, a person, I'm, I am a person, of course, but I'm doing it in a different way. Because something happens when we get into these dimensions. There's, even arguments come along in our mind. You understand me? The reason that you don't sometimes like me is because in your mind there's an argument about me. It's not in your spirit or in your heart because you love me. No, honestly, you do. You, one day you will kiss me like never before. <laughs> no, no, you will, honestly. You will. You will. You'll kiss me. And you'll go, I remember that. I remember that Sunday morning, Paul. You were talking about it. Well, here I am. <laughs> no, but, but, but honestly, it's like, so anyway, G Jesus, Jesus is walking along. And John the Baptist looks at him and says four times, he says, this is he. This is the Messiah. This is the one that's going to change everything. This is the one who's going to take Listen, all the sin of the cosmos, that, that's what it really means, all the sin of the cosmos. So Jesus is going to take everything in the whole universe that is not right upon himself. He's going to take it all so that, what? so that mankind can sail free, the whole of mankind. Now that's pretty amazing, isn't it? Jesus really has done everything. There's nothing else he can do, never, ever. It's done, it's finished, all done, everything. Beautiful. So anyway, in this moment that John the Baptist sees Jesus, his heart and his spirit, he looks at him and goes, This is him. This is the one. And he's as clear as the day. You see, because in his spirit and his heart he's, he's captured it, his mind's not working. He's bypassed, it's like he's nearly bypassed his mind. All he's done is had one look and he goes, this, this really is him. And he sees in that moment heaven open and the Holy Spirit coming down on him. And of course, he's clear about Jesus and who he is. Now, what happens to John the Baptist? Does anyone know what happens to him? And we do know because we've talked about it before, but I'm trying to make a, I'm, I'm trying to help you to understand what happens when you are moved by your mind and not by the Spirit of God. 
Because the more that time went on, you see, John knew the scriptures. He, he knew his interpretation of the scriptures. He knew what the scribes and the Pharisees, he knew what, what the scripture said. He knew all about it. He'd read it all. He knew all of those things. And when Jesus came along, Jesus was so completely different. So completely different. I mean, do you remember the story of the woman caught in adultery? Now, now listen, you, let's just go back. John the Baptist knew that Herod was sleeping with Herodias. That's what he knew, didn't he? And Herodias was the brother, was the wife of Philip, his brother. John the Baptist knew that. Now, John the Baptist was one of those people that could see sin. And he knew righteousness. So, of course, everywhere that he went, he called it out. Rightly so. That's what he knew, and that's what he knew to do. So that's what he did. That's what his mind said to him. And of course, he dealt with Herod, and he called it out, and guess what happened to him? He ended up in prison, because he called it out. But you see, when Jesus came, there was a totally new moment come upon the earth. 2,000 years ago, this new moment came. When Jesus came, Jesus came in a different way. Because Jesus, you remember this lady who was caught in adultery? Well, in those days, if you were caught in adultery, you were dead. No, I, I mean, I don't know if you've ever had the unfortunate experience of actually watching anything like this on the internet when someone is stoned for adultery. It still happens in different parts of the world. It still happens. So this lady who was caught in adultery, she was fully expecting to be stoned. And Jesus spoke right to that, didn't he? Did he? He spoke right to it. Just one look. This lady just had one look at Jesus and everything changed forever. Everything changed forever. Do you understand me? That Jesus was so flowing from his heart he was so flowing with the love of God that when he spoke those words to that lady, she immediately knew that she was loved. She immediately was covered, immersed, enveloped in the love of God. Right there. Isn't that beautiful? She knew it immediately. And as she received his love, now listen to me real careful. As she received his love, he then said to her, go away and sin no more. But first of all, he equipped her with the ability to go away and sin no more. Do you, do you understand what I'm saying? Because she'd met love for the very first time. I have no idea what was going on in her mind and heart. I have no idea about her past. I only know that she was caught in adultery now. 
I don't, I don't want to comment on it other than to say that usually when people are caught in adultery, it's something to do with the fact that they don't really know if they're loved or not. You understand me? But Jesus is to so totally different, so utterly, completely different, because he came along and the love in his heart and the love in his spirit flowed out in such a way that it completely and utterly enveloped her and then he was able to give her a solution to the problem that she had. You want to live like that? Yeah. Oh, please, Jesus. I only want to lead a church like that. Do you understand me? I only want to be with people like that because they are truly Jesus' people. Those people right there are truly Jesus' people. Those people that are like that actually know his love. So the love of God has got to flow out. Right out of his heart. Now, think about John the Baptist because... As time went on, he began to doubt more and more. Now, now, can you imagine? And this is what happens. So you can be moved in your spirit. Now, believe me, this is exactly what goes on. You can be moved in your spirit and your heart, and then your mind flips. Flips into logic, flip, flips into reason, and immediately steals away what was actually being said in your spirit. You remember what we talked about? Simon Peter and Cornelius, and he had this vision. And it says, while he was still thinking about it, the Spirit said to him, go down and meet them. And the Spirit says, doubt nothing. So what happens? Yes, you get it in your spirit, you get it in your heart, your mind comes into play and goes, no, 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 that's wrong. No, no, listen, it's not wrong. You were right the first time. You're just not used to it, that's all. You're just not used to it. But you've got to get used to it because now we've just entered an era where this is only the thing that is going to bring a solution. Nothing else. Not your theology, not your opinion, not your statements, not what you think you know. You've got to unlearn all of that. It's all got to be unlearned because the sons of God are led by the Spirit of God. The sons of God are led by the Spirit of God. Now listen, as the Spirit of God moves in your heart and in your, in, in, in your spirit and up into your mind, your mind becomes renewed. So there's a spirit that moves into your mind. It's called, this, I think it says somewhere in Ephesians that the, 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 what is it? The Spirit renews our minds. I should have, I should have got it. You can find it. I think it's Ephesians 3. Ephesians is it for? Okay, it. Well, anyway, it's in Ephesians. You can see it. You, it's a spirit that renews your mind. But of course, then you've got to have your... That's why we have the word. Because your mind's got to be... You've, you've, got, you've got to know something of the word as well. So, so the fact that we, we've got the word, well, of course, we need to read it. We need to receive it. But of course, it's your spirit that teaches you that this is true. You, you understand me? It's not your mind that's teaching you that this is true. It's your spirit. It's all spirit. And yes, as you allow this flow of holy life to flow in you, your mind gets renewed because there is an alternative to the thought that you were having. So when your mind says you're not loved, well, you know because you, you read 
that you're loved. You know that you're loved. So that word comes up as an alternative and your spirit immediately goes, yes, that's true. That mind then, that, that, that truth then becomes something that begins to transform your mind. That's how it happens. It's beautiful, isn't it, Naomi? It's all right, love, you just enjoy it. She's loving it, enjoying it down there. It's beautiful, just get into her. <sighs> Thank you, Lord. You see, something has got to take place in you and me that brings us to a new, a new place. And I'm, I'm not talking about... I, I was saying to someone last night, I mean, I mean look at these babies. Now, I had, I had Aurora and... Um, I had Aurora and Lucy at my house last night, Maria and Brad's little ones. And, um, I mean, it's beautiful, isn't it? I, I, I love it. And Maria and Brad just left me with them. <laughs> Went, see ya, enjoy. <laughs> and uh, I had quite an evening. And, and, and Aurora, <laughs> Aurora came out a few times. First of all, she'd lo lost a sock in her bed. And she said she needed to find it. Papaps, we need to find you, Miss Hawk. Then she, then, then, she came, then she came out and she said, Papaps, the bed's too hard. <laughs> and then she came out and said, Papaps, I need the toilet. <laughs> and she kept coming out all these times. And finally, finally, she went, she went to, to bed and she looked like she was sleeping. And I just looked at her. And it brought it all back looking at my kids, you, you, you know, you, you can't really be angry, can you? Have you, have you ever felt that? As, as a parent, you know, and some, some of you are not yet parents, but as a parent, it's like, you know, they, they can be naughty, they can do all sorts of things, but in the end, you stand at the door and you weep, you cry. Just one look. Now just think. Now just think. Jesus is altogether beautiful. I mean, he's so beautiful. Just one look. And I was saying to someone that actually, it takes, it takes you know, I, I'm always in the spirit because it's impossible not to be in the spirit. You understand that? You are in the spirit right now, even if you don't feel like you're in the spirit, you're in the spirit all the time because we live in the spirit. We move, we have our breath and our being in God. So you're in the spirit all the time. It's just that you don't always realize you're in the spirit. And sometimes because of the things that happen, we get, we get a little bit like we feel like we're out of the spirit, but that's just an illusion. You're never out, never. It's impossible. You have a seamless union, seamless. You see, just get rid of that thought. Get, get rid of that thought that says you're separated. You're not separated. It's impossible to be separated from God. No one's separated. No one is separated from God. It's an impossibility. Even those that say that they're separated from God and want to be separated from God, they can't be separated from God because they live and move and have the being in them, and it's impossible to be separated. Huh? Isn't that beautiful? You could just dance in that little truth. You understand me though? These thoughts have got to become your thoughts. They've got to be, you've got to become so spacious in your mind that you know that whoever you see, whoever you see. Now, it was Steve that were telling me that he was asked a question in an interview. I won't, I won't make it public, but it was, it was like this terrible question. If such and such people don't, don't receive Jesus, are they going to hell? It's like, okay... What a general question is that? 
How do you answer such a question? Just awful. But you see, we can't be separated, can we? It's impossible to be separated. These are just the children coming in. Keep with me. I'm not finished yet. Come on, keep with me. Don't break it. Come on, you've got to learn. You've got to learn. If we're going to do something in the world, we've got to learn how to be in the Spirit. And I mean in the Spirit in terms of being there with Him. Okay? And I said to someone, I said to someone, I said, you know what? It, it now takes me about this long, this long, to be in the spirit in the sense of I'm there. All I have to hear is one little word, one little sentence, and I'm straight, straight there. It's like, whoo, I'm overwhelmed. That song that I played to you today, that just the first line of it, dearest father, I'm gone. I'm gone. I'm like out of it. Why is that? Dearest father. Dearest father. You're beautiful. Actually, that's the one that I'm going to play after. But it's beautiful. It's nice, isn't it, Amanda? She's just, look, she's just dancing in it. She's just dancing in it. She's in it, you see? She's like in it. And she's not, she, you, you know, the, the key to it is that, I know, because this is part of who I am. I'm a little bit provocative, I know. Because I'm going after those things that kill, kill life for you. Do you understand me? I actually am sent to go after those things that kill life in your heart and spirit, that come from your mind, that try to stop you moving in him in a beautiful way. I go after those things. That's what I'm sent to do. Honestly. And I love you, so I'll do it. Because I love you. But anyway, John the Baptist, he ended up in prison and they lopped off his head because that's what he had to struggle with, his head. It wasn't his spirit and his mind that he had, a, a spirit and his heart that he had to struggle with. He had to struggle with his mind. He was still living in the Old Testament. He was still living in the Old Testament. What testament are you living in? Is it the new one or the old one? The new one's completely new. It's not a revised old version. It's not, honestly, it's not revised. It's a new covenant completely, and it's much better than the old one. It's just that some of it's based on the old one. You know, the everlasting love of God, the wonders of God, the promises of God, everything that's good, God took that from the old covenant, put it in the new covenant, but it's completely new covenant. That's why it's called a new covenant. And Jesus has finished it all. Isn't it wonderful? Now, don't, don't you just want to dance and twirl and swirl, kiss, send kisses? How was that sad? I can't... How many people sent kisses this morning? Huh? How many? What, was it difficult to say? Is it difficult to send kisses? Is it that it, oh, well, it wasn't your mind that went, I don't, I'm not going to send kisses. That's ridiculously silly, me sending kisses. Yeah, but you don't know where that kiss might have gone in the spirit. You don't know, do you? You don't know where that kiss might have gone in the spirit. You don't know who that was for. You don't know if someone were crying and weeping on a street and God needed you to send that kiss. Because everything is spiritual. It's invisible. If you believe anything about quantum physics, you'll know that what I'm saying is true. All these things are becoming known. Everything's becoming known. It's impossible for you not to be connected to me. Impossible for us not to be connected. Everything is connected. It's amazing, this stuff. And we're finding out afresh and anew. Yeah. Just, let me, just let me read these verses to you. 
But the anointing which you have received from him abides in you. Where, where does it abide? In you. Where's the anointing? No, no, come on, let me hear it. In? In you, in you. And you do not need that anyone teach you, which actually means you don't, you don't need a teacher to teach you some doctrinal truth. You need someone who's teaching truth that actually is this truth. But as the same anointing teaches you concerning all things, concerning how many things? All things, all things. What do you need to know? He teaches you because he's the greatest teacher in the whole of the universe. Huh? Any teacher, you just want to know the, te the greatest teacher in the universe, don't you? He can teach you anything you need to know for any of your classes, anytime, anywhere. And it says, and it's true, it's not a lie, and just as it has taught you, you will abide in him. Beautiful. So you've got an anointing within you that teaches you all things. Listen to this now, 1 Corinthians 2 verse 9. And this is a different, oh, I don't think he's putting it up anywhere. What has been concealed for ages in a realm inaccessible to the senses. Hang on, let me read it again. So this is 1 Corinthians chapter 2 and verse 9. What has been concealed for ages in a realm inaccessible to the senses, what no human eye could catch or glimpse, nor their ear even hear a whisper of, neither could the inquiring mind decipher the code of that mystery which God has already fully accomplished and prepared as a royal highway imprinted in the hearts of his lovers. So what, what does this say? It says, first of all, that there's things that are inaccessible to your senses. What are your senses? Okay, you know, you know your senses, don't you? So these things that have been concealed are inaccessible to your senses. Human eye cannot catch it or glimpse it. Your ear can't hear a whisper of it. This is in the natural. Neither could your inquiring mind decipher the code of it. But those things that have been concealed in God that are mysteries are found in what? In the hearts of his lovers. It's nice, isn't it? That means that right now, in your heart, are things that are inaccessible in your mind. But in your heart, they are fully accessible by the Spirit. Because the Spirit who is in your heart goes both ways. You understand me? And it says that the Spirit of God goes to the deep things of God and takes those things and then delivers them to you as well. It's a beautiful thing, isn't it? But one way or another, this is what I'm saying, one way or another, in your heart are things that are most beautiful that God wants you to know. And how do you get those things? How do you get them? Because that's the key, isn't it? Well, you have to stop trying. You have to stop trying. You just have to be. And you have to believe what he says about you. Sam, that's all you have to do. And 
Same for Alyssa. Same for the rest of the family. You can all just lie in bed like you do. Because Sam, Sam, I think, lies in bed and he's, he's just thinking of Jesus. He wouldn't ever tell anyone that, but I, I think that that's really where his heart is. Do you get what I mean? And Alyssa and, and the rest of the family may do that. But it's like, actually, all you need to do is just lie there and be. That's it. And just say, yes, Jesus. Yes, Lord. Just, just one little look. Now, okay, I know all the kids are in. But, but we've got to get used to, you know, there were, there were times when we had all the kids in all the time. Because, you see, the kids have got to learn. And I, I, don't, I don't mean that they're not doing this in other places. But together, as a family, we've got to learn how to be in his presence. Just be together. They want to come together to do some of that building work that we do in the spirit. They, we, we all need a bit together. But just be. Because sometimes we're doing an awful lot, aren't we? And I, I think my prayer this morning in their night was, you know, Lord, we have about two hours. We have two hours a week as a family. And we love him, don't we? We, we, do, we do come here because, one, we love him. Two, we love one another. Three, we want to worship. Four, we want to hear a word. Five, we want some ministry. We, we have all, and we have two hours. That, we have two hours, isn't it? That's all we've got out of a whole week. And you go, Jesus, you've got to do something mighty. Because only you can fit, fit that lot in two hours. And somehow he does, doesn't he? Miraculously he does. But listen, I know you've got the chicken in the oven. It's all right, though. It's going to be golden brown, don't worry going to be golden brown don't worry about your chicken don't worry about the kids the kids are fantastic the kids love this stuff i want to tell you the kids love this stuff they can be playing with lorries they can be doing all sorts of things they can be running on stage and doing all but i'm telling you subconsciously they are getting all of what is going on every single person in here once it starts you cannot stop it you understand me? And you've got to stop worrying about people who come in who don't know. And, oh, we've got to be careful. We've got to blah, blah. Shut up. <laughs> no, really, I mean it. Shut up. Because God knows everybody that's going to come into this building, doesn't he? Yeah. He knows everybody. Yeah. Sweet, everyone. Yeah. He knows every single person. And he's not worried. Not in the slightest. 